Welcome to the Kevin and Fred Show. I am your host, Kevin Kaufman, and along with my business partner and co-founder, Fred Weaver, we bring to you our podcast, The Kevin and Fred Show, where once a week we bring to you a expert interview every single Monday. We interview one of the brightest and best in the world, usually in, in the real estate space, sometimes in technology, sometimes in entrepreneurship, sometimes just in forward thinking. The things that are going to help us learn to move forward are the things that we're interested in bringing to you on this podcast. So we don't keep it limited to just real estate agents. And I think you'll find that really valuable if you've been listening or if you're a new listener, all in the same. We also bring you once a week something we call industry headlines, which is a look at what is going on in the real estate world, what's happening in the mortgage space, what's happening in the technology space, bring that to you in a short form. 10, 15 minute podcast at the most once a week on Wednesdays. We're also a proud member of the industry syndicate family of real estate and mortgage podcasts. Check out that app in the app store. Again, that's industry syndicate. And if you would, please do us a favor, please, please, please leave us a review, download, subscribe, share an episode with a friend. We would love it. There is no better way to say thank you, except for maybe a real estate referral, because we are, after all, real estate agents, and we love real estate referrals. We're based in the Phoenix area and would love to hear from you. Thank you for tuning in to the Kevin and Fred Show. Hey, it's Kevin and Fred. Do you have a referral for us here in Phoenix? There are 30,000 agents here that you could send them to. Why us? Well, for one thing, we'll keep you updated and you'll never have to track down your commission. We'll also make you look really good to your client. And best of all, it helps us keep all this content free. So go to kevinandfred.com slash referral to make the introduction. We'll take great care of them. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Kevin Kaufman. Welcome back to another episode of the Kevin and Fred Show. This is a very special episode. In fact, it's one of four parts. Adam and I had this really crazy long and in-depth conversation. And um, the first part is we're, we're just breaking this out into four parts, right? We're going to talk about what is going on in the world today, all of the different things um, that are happening and how it's actually totally understandable. We get into how not to be stupid, which, uh, side note, is the name of one of his books that is coming out uh, hopefully soon, how to stay out of the stupid zone, how we're basically all prone to it. And then in the last section or the last part of this interview, we actually get into investing and global equities and securities. And the thing is, Adam knows the stuff. I mean, he's literally friends with people like Warren Buffett. As I mentioned, he advises the head of hedge funds. Um, the guy knows the stuff. He sees the world through a different lens than most everybody else. And I personally, I'm so thankful to have had the chance to sit down and talk with him um, for about four hours. So that's why we broke this out into many different episodes. So I hope you enjoy it. I know I got a lot, a lot out of it. Without further ado, I'll stop and present to you, Mr. Adam Robinson. Everyone thinks they're not stupid. And this is the interesting thing. So this will be a fun experiment. I'm going to uh, tell you a true uh, story. In roughly 20 years ago, Yo-Yo Ma, world famous virtuoso, beloved by everyone, right? Such a good soul and one of the world's greatest musicians ever. And always smiling, just a good soul. And um, he was in New York to give a concert at Carnegie Hall. 
He's not from New York. So he's outside his normal environment. After you can imagine after a concert performance, he's exhausted, right? Physically and emotionally spent, right? Like great artist, like your whole, whole soul is into it. And um, this is a fun, you're gonna get a kick out of what the next series of anecdotes. So um, he's physically compromised. Oh, and uh, he's rushing, he's running late for an appointment. So he's rushing, which is one of the factors. Factor number three. And he's preoccupied with something like he's, cause he's gotta get to this meeting factor, four factors present that I know about. Maybe there were others, but anyway, those four, he's sunk, he's in the stupid zone. So um, he's, his, uh, he gets to the appointment in time and uh, his friend says, uh, hey, Yo-Yo, where's your cello? You know, Yo-Yo, that $2 million Stradivarius, where is it? He had forgotten it in the back of the taxi. It's huge. A cello is not like a little thing, not like a purse. It's huge. And in a big blue plexiglass case, he put it in the back of the trunk, but he's in the stupid zone. He gets to his appointment and they go, hey, Yo-Yo, where's, where's cello? Oh my God. Now think about that. Think, here's a way for you to think about that, Kevin, as an individual. If you had a knapsack with $2 million in it, would you leave it in a taxi? Gosh, I hope not. Right. It's so funny you say that. Good. Because actually, let's remember those words that you just said. That's really good. You hope not, right? And, but when they say it's worth $2 million, that's actually a lie. It's worth way a lie. It's, it's worth way more than that. It's irreplaceable for him. To Yo-Yo Ma, this is an instrument that he's worked with for tens of thousands of hours. He knows every grain of the wood and the sound it makes. It's, for him, it's irreplaceable. $2 million is what someone would pay to get it. For him, it's irreplaceable. Now, so because it's Yo-Yo Ma, and by the way, he saved a little taxi receipt. This pre-Uber days, pre-Lyft days. And... Uh, they, because he's Yo-Yo Ma, the mayor is notified, uh, the police chief, uh, the head of the taxi and limousine commission is like this whole all-out, like, I was going to say manhunt, cello hunt. And somewhere, I, I think like in Queens or something, a couple of squad cars pull up to the, the tax, the yellow cab. They finally, and mm, uh, what did I do? And they say, pop the trunk. And sure enough, it's in there. And he's reunited with his cello. And, um, and so he holds a, a press conference to thank the city of New York for retrieving his instrument. And uh, there's a lot of lessons for everybody. I know you, you're not a world-class virtuoso, neither am I. And uh, neither of us has any single object worth two million bucks. And again, for him, it's worth way more. And um, he gives a press conference and he said, and I quote, um, I just did s something really stupid. I gave a performance last night and I was in a rush. I just forgot.
Now, here's the thing. What lesson do you think he learned? Now, before we ask about him, this was front page news, even in the New York Times, like Yo-Yo Ma gets reunited with his instrument. And, uh, but around the world, think the music world. So now this pop quiz number two, Kevin. What lesson do you think musicians around the world, virtuosos, who know what that instrument meant to him? And just to, to, to give you a further clue, virtuosos refer to their instruments like their limb or their child. Literally, it's irreplaceable. And musicians around the world know this. What lesson do you think they learned from reading that story? What do you think? I would think either I was, I don't forget, first of all, is the thing, first thing that comes to my mind. The other thing maybe is um, don't put it in a cab. Right. Okay. Now, that's not the lesson they learned. We're going to come back to it in a second. This is fascinating. Because what I'm about to share with your listeners, this is really fascinating stuff. I mean, like, which is why I wrote the book. It's why Buffett endorsed it. Get this out there. It's not the lesson they learned. So I say that because in almost identical circumstances, um, a year later, another world-class virtuoso, I guess it's been a while, so I got to look up his name here, did exactly the same thing. Forgot his uh, cello in the back of a cab. Um, Exactly the same circumstances. Hold on one second. Oh, shoot. I didn't include that one in my book. Um, Forgetting his name right now. Exactly the same circumstances. After performance, at night. um, um, So he's outside his normal environment. He's in a cab traveling, not in his city. After performance, so he's physically compromised. um, um, Leaves his um, $3 million Stradivarius. Again, it's worth way more than three million. Three million is what he could get if, he, if someone wanted to buy it. Uh, to him, it's worth way more than three million. Forgot it. Um, I, I collect over the next ten years. Um, I collected eight other instances of virtuosos around the world who had lost their instruments under almost identical circumstances. Now, think about this. So I want you to pretend, again, this is a thought experiment for you and for your listeners. And you might be thinking, well, you know, what relevance does this have for me? I don't walk around with instruments. Ah, but you, you do, in your life, deal with things that have value, right? Yeah, uh, you have daughters. Uh, people ha- sign contracts. They do things all the time with things in value. Life is full of valuable things that we don't want to mess up around. And here's the way to think about it. That was the most important thing in Yo-Yo Ma's life. And he left it in the back of a cab. Now, um, again, the next year, under almost identical circumstances, someone else does it. And uh, 
shoot, I forgot what he said. But uh, also, thanked, this, he was thanked by the New York Post and said something like, um, you know, I was, oh, I know what it was. He said, um, he said, I've been under a lot of stress lately. So he was preoccupied after a performance. Um, and, um, and outside his normal environment, forgot his $3 million. And again, if you want to equate that in your life for any, anyone listening, think you forgot the most important thing in your life. And, and, um, so suppose you were a manager. This is going to be a fun thought experiment for you, Kevin. Suppose you managed world-class virtuosos. And after the second guy, your second client, after Yo-Yo Ma, you told all your clients probably, hey, watch out. Don't leave your stuff in the back of the cab, guys. But the second one does it. And then the third a couple of them, by the way, were uh, violins. One guy after, uh, shoot, I'm forgetting his name, in Los Angeles after performance, um, left it outside his, um, came home after performance, left his $3 million cello on his uh, porch step. And it was stolen overnight. And it was recovered by luck like a month later. Someone had thrown it away, didn't realize what it was, had thrown it away in a dumpster and someone had recovered it and didn't realize what it was worth. Someone was going to make, out of a $3 million Stradivarius, they're going to make a, a CD holder. Somebody found it in a dumpster, recovered it, said, oh, this will make a nice, really cool, like I'm a carpenter, was going to start slicing it up, but notice the, the tag in it that identified and they contact, anyway. So again, to go back to the thought experiment and listeners, you now, let's pretend that you manage three dozen world famous virtuosos. You're their manager. And the, the, the fourth one is messed up. What would you tell them to do or what would you, as their manager, insist that they do? I think I would insist they employ somebody whose one and only job is to make sure that that does that instrument does not get lost Bravo. and it stays with them. Exactly right. Um, you would think that that would work. They actually have them. You're exactly right. That's what they do now. It doesn't always work. And, uh, but that's not actually the main lesson you should have learned from this. By the way, it's a very subtle lesson. You're exactly right. What are you focused on right now? The, the cello. Yeah. What about the musician? And here's the question actually as their manager to be asking. If Yo-Yo Ma, in that circumstance, could leave the most valuable thing in his life in the back of a car, you know what? He's in the stupid zone. Uh, Yo-Yo, um, I'm worried about you. Yeah. If he could do that, Imagine he could walk in front of a bus. It's not the cello. The musicians are at risk. Again, the focus here, right? And so if someone's in the stupid zone, these guys are all 
By the way, I asked you what lesson do you think the other musicians learned from this? Philippe Quint, who's a violinist, exactly the same circumstances. He'd been traveling, he'd given a performance in Texas. He's flying back to New York in, a, in the back of a cab, leaves his uh, $4 million, $4 million violin. Fortunately, it was recovered the next day. And um, by luck, right? I mean, how many times do we leave things? We never, you know, I've lost a cell phone here or there. I've lost things in the back of a car, cab. Anyway, you'd think after reading the other instances, you'd think, okay, I'm going to be more careful, right? Or I'm going to get someone to watch my things. You know what the lesson he learned? This is so critical in life. This, let this land. This is one of the most important things I've said in the whole long time of this podcast, of our conversation, Kevin, is he didn't believe the other guys had lost their instruments. He had lost it in exactly the same circumstances. And the lesson he learned was, I would never do that. In an interview, he said, get this, Kevin. Mind you, he had just done the same thing himself. Wow. This is, wait, get this, let this land. He said, I didn't believe they did it. I thought they were publicity stunts. Now, this is, this is an important life lesson I'm about to share here. It's really profound. Because, um, you know, the philosopher Hegel said, we learn from history that we don't learn from history. <laughs> you know, which is very clever. And he was brilliant, but he was wrong about this. It's much worse. We learn the wrong lesson. And that's true, not just, you know, on a national level or historical level, we don't learn from our own experience or the experience of others. And for Philippe Quint, his takeaway from all of the others, he did the same thing was, those guys are idiots. I would never do that. In fact, he so couldn't believe they could do it because he knew what the instruments meant. By the way, you know, there's that movie Home Alone, right? <laughs> yeah. Could you ever conceive of leaving your daughters alone? No, not for two minutes, not for, not for two seconds, right? And because and, I know what a devoted dad you are. By the way, most parents are devoted to their kids. And so think about it like that. Yo-Yo Ma left basically his child in the back of a cab. And, and it was returned to him. And a bunch of the other musicians did it. And those are the ones we know about. We have no idea how many times they did. And they, it didn't hit the newspapers because, whoa, by luck, they recovered it. Or they were afraid to admit it. Afraid to admit it. Now, here's the interesting thing. Um, the lesson that Philippe Quint learned for, from each of the instances was, I would never do that. When he should have learned the following lesson, whoa. In certain circumstances, people can do things I would think them incapable of doing. In fact, under what circumstances might I do that thing? Because each one of them along the way, mind you, these are world-class virtuosos, all doing exactly the same thing. And the lesson each one of them 
took away from it was, I would never do that. I forget which, there was one guy, the lesson he learned was, um, remember I said before, everyone's focused on the, um, the, uh, the instrument. The instrument. So the, David Garrett, who's a, was, well, still is relatively young, uh, when he was 27, he gave a performance in uh, London. He's German. And, uh, and afterwards, after, the lesson he had learned from the other guys is don't lose touch with your instrument, right? Because you could leave it somewhere. So he had created a, a customized backpack. He had his $2 million, oh, sorry, his $1.5 million uh, violin in, in his, he had his knapsack, would not take it off but he's still in the stupid zone and he's racing because he's meeting his parents who've come to see him in London perform. And it's raining because it's London and uh, they're marble steps at the Philharmonic. (laughs) And he forgot to take off his concert shoes, which are these like slippers. So the combination of these, he, again, he forgot to take off his slippers and um, he was racing to meet his parents after the performance. He slips on the marble, falls backwards, and falls onto his violin, crushing it. One and a half million dollars, kaboom. Now, see, what's interesting is we think about the violin, but also he slipped and fell. He could have hit his head, wow. could have broken his back, any number of things. And again, so the, we learned the wrong lesson, the two lessons. One, the one lesson was, um, you know, I would never do that. We do that historically. You know, like, like again, I'm not, there's so many good police who do many good things and like they put their lives on the, right, I'm not, but what the the lesson for the police, actually for everyone, but certainly for the police in that situation is, under what circumstances might I use too much force? Not, I would never do that. If you say I would, that was the lesson that the musicians learned. They said, I wouldn't do that. That's crazy. Instead of going, under what circumstances would I do something like that. And we, we read stories, you know, people in certain situations doing something. We, go, we read it and go, whoa, I would never do that. Wrong lesson. In fact, we would. In fact, we would. And, and not, I'm not saying in that situation, but in what circumstances would we do something like that? And, and these factors are so powerful. And... Um, and we're oblivious to them. And we're living in such perilous times, Kevin. And it's really important for us to, to try to extract as best we can the best lessons. And um, so, so there, that's so stupidity. We talked so, about that. So speaking of best lessons, great segue, by the way. Um, I have two specific things that I want to ask you. One of them around a lesson I have I would say begun to learn that Mm -hmm. I can credit you with. And then one specifically that I relate to and would like to be better at. So I'm going to give them to you. You can answer them in in any order. One at a time. Not both. It'll it'll overload me. Okay. So 
the great, you wrote another book in an invitation to the great game. Mm, yeah. And you have, so to me, that is a potential, it is an answer to a lot of this stuff that we talked about earlier. Yes. And I, I want, I would like to explore that further. And if you would tell the listeners what the great game is sure. and how we can play it. Okay. So, so, um, and by the way, all, all of these books I, I'm going to release over this. So this is, you're talking about this book. Mm. Yes, that's the one. And uh, so it's called An Invitation to the Great Game. And, and the subtitle is A Parable of Love, Magic, and Everyday Miracles. And, and, and I, I wrote this three years ago, and I sort of sat on it because I, I wanted to add a couple of chapters, but maybe it's time I just get it out into the world. And I, I, um, at the beginning, I have a prelude. Um, and I talked about this actually with three years ago with Tim even. And, uh, and the prelude I talk about, so mind you, this is, I wrote this three years ago and, 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 and the prelude, I'm going to just, don't worry, I'm not going to read the whole thing. It's, but I said the prelude, the world at a crossroads, the first line of my book, the world approaches a perilous crossroads. Populations everywhere sense a lack of global leadership at a time when populist fear, confusion, and anger are rising to a boil. Every day, the social, political, and economic order grows more volatile. And I wrote that three years ago. And it's even, you know, it's even worse today. Yeah. And so this, this book, you know, it sounds like, okay, well, you, oh, it's going to be some social track. But in fact, this is a love story. And, um, and, and so, so I invite people to play, hence, an, an invitation to the great game. And um, it's, it's a parable. People who've read it, uh, a few of my dear hearts have read it, said, uh, reminds them like of the alchemist. So it's, it's like a modern parable. And, um, and, and it has three rules in it. And it follows the story of a, of, of a young man who's 30 and he's, he's, uh, he's in a lot of emotional, basically he's lonely, depressed, <laughs> like all those things before, right? Yeah. And like, why is my life just not working? And he meets someone whose name is Michael. And, uh, and he's uh, at the start of the story and, and he says to Michael, who's an interesting guy, he says, so Michael, what do you do? And he says, well, funny you should ask, I play a game. And, um, and, 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 um, uh, and Paul, the main character says, uh, what do you mean? Like, uh, like, uh, world of Warcraft or something like some massive online game and multiplayer game. And I said, no, no, I play a game. And he said, would you like to play it? And it's the great game of life. And it's got three rules, three real simple rules. And the first rule is connect with the other. Just connect with the other, right? We've got a world, which is, centrifugal flying apart and we really don't connect with people and the irony is that we connect really the irony of it is we connect more with people now when we're isolated than we did when we were together if you if you went out to restaurants i'm sure you noticed this right you're a devoted family man you go out to restaurants you see people you got their the kids and the parents are all got their heads buried in, the, in, their, in, their, in their iPhones or their Nintendo games. 
And uh, so even when people are out, when they could go out, there was no connecting. So rule number one, connect with the other. Rule number two is um, create fun and delight for the other. Like don't just connect. Your goal should be to, with enthusiasm, create fun and delight for the other. And I say enthusiasm, it's such an underused word in the world. And enthusiasm literally means from the Greek, a lot of people don't know this, means to be filled with God. That's what enthusiasm means. By the way, same thing with inspiration. You breathe in to breathe in God. And, but, in, but enthusiasm literally means in and theo, like theology, in enthusiasm from the Greek. To breathe in God and, and, and to be enthusiastic and create fun and delight for the other as your agenda. So right here, you and I, you know, I, I wanted to inform, but also, you know, I try to give fun and much as I can, fun and delight, even though we're talking about subjects that are not so delightful. And, and to create fun and delight for the other and that's your primary agenda. So it doesn't matter whether you're going to a meeting to ask for a raise or, or you're going on a date or, you're, or you're, you're looking to pitch some investors on an idea. Think of your, goal, your primary goal instead is just to create fun and delight. And if you do that, they're going to want to do other things with you and they're going to look for reasons to do it. If you don't connect and create fun and delight, um, you're, um, you're sunk. And at the very least, you've created fun and delight. You've had a good time. They've had a good time. And even if they say no to this, they're going to go, whoa, that Kevin guy, he's a lot of fun to be around. Let's, uh, let's call him back. Let's get him back in here. We gotta, let's hear what his other project is. And, and uh, the last rule, the third rule, is um, to lean into each moment expecting magic or miracles. And I, so what does it mean to lean into each moment expecting magic or miracles? And I, I mean that literally and I'm going to end with an anecdote. I know you have another question. And by the way, of course, we could talk for hours, you and I. We have so many overlapping areas of interest. And um, uh, I'm, going to, I'm going to give you an example of that. I'm going to close with an anecdote. Um, I'm going to share. I'm going to reveal the secret to um, good luck and serendipity and synchronicity, which I've never, I've hinted at recently. I've only just learned it myself. Um, three months ago in London. But um, I'm going to reveal it here with you. Right. And, uh, but so what does it mean to lean into each moment expecting magic or miracles? And I know, uh, Kevin, when's your birthday? Uh, it's June 22nd. Oh, my gosh. Oh, wait, I kid you not. I know someone with that exact same birthday. I... Really, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not exaggerating. I wish I had the note. I wrote it. Oh, I just, 
someone had just learned, and, and it's a dear heart of mine, but I couldn't remember her birthday. And she said, Adam, it's coming up June 22nd. <laughs> so now I got two people. So anyway, so, so here's what I know about you. I know, Kevin, um, your whole life on June 21st, as you go to sleep, you know you're going to wake up the next morning and all your dear hearts, are gonna, you're going to be surprised and delighted throughout the day, right? You're going to get, you know, birthday cards and surprises and, and you don't know from what direction those surprises are going to come, but you know, like, okay, it's going to be a fun day. I don't know who's going to call and stuff, right? And what they're going to do. And every day when I wake up, I can't wait to walk out of the door and go outside. Because every day, even when I walk into an elevator, I'm like this. I can't wait. Now, I say that in normal times. I can't wait because maybe this is when the miracle is going to happen. I mean that. And someone, someone said, Adam, how are you so positive all the time? It's, it's just a mindset. And it's not, I said this before, um, you know, that show Punked, uh, um, uh, the Ashton, Ashton Kutcher show uh, from, Kutcher from um, 10, 15 years ago. And, um, and really, every day, I assume the universe is going to go punked, but in a good way. And, and I, I can give you evidence of that. I'm going to close with that as an anecdote. But Really, it doesn't matter who, I could be talking to, um, I could be at a newsstand about to buy a newspaper and ooh, maybe this right here, this little interaction. So notice the three rules all relate to each other. Connect with the other. Um, by the way, the connection might be eye contact, like a smile, doesn't mean you have, right? Uh, but somehow connect with the other to the extent that you can create fun and delight. And then out of that, expect magic. And so I'm going to, I can prove that. And I'm going to close with an anecdote. But before I do, I don't want to lose track of your, your second question. Um, you have called yourself a world champion gift giver. Mm. And specifically, you told a story about you uh, one time about the a gift uh, that you gave to your friend, Warren, Warren Buffett. Um, I'm going to forget the Beeman's gum. Beeman's gum. Mm-hmm. It's about Beeman's gum. Cause he, cause he chewed, he, he liked that. He chewed that uh, as a kid. He loved that gum. If I remember correctly, but here's where I want to turn that question on you. Cause it's not the question that I think that you might've been expecting. I remember you told the story about the person who put it in the shadow box and this, the place where you went and you were thinking, then you you said, Oh no, how am I going to get it to him? Because everyone knows that he, Warren lives in Omaha and you just said you live in, in this, in this Tribeca and mm-hmm. it's a long, long, and it's shadow box. It's probably going to break on the way. Wait, wait, you're saying this anecdote quickly. So the, 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 I, I don't know that people can understand exactly what you're, you're, you're talking about. So let me just paint the picture of the, of the, so every year I, I so, uh, revere him and, and, and just adore him. And, um, um, that I, on his birthday and it, at Christmas, I try to give him something special. 
right? Create fun and delight. And that's tough because what, what do you give them, like, right? It doesn't need a tie and, uh, or a sweater. <laughs> I'm laughing now. I should probably send them a fun Christmas sweater one. And so, um, so I, just, I decided to send him. I knew as a kid that he sold gum. I bet you didn't know that. It was one of his first things he sold, like age eight. He wow. sold Beeman's gum. Now, Beeman's gum, for those of you who don't uh, know, um, was a very popular gum until about, shoot, the company went out of business 10 years ago. So how do you find a pack of gum from a company that's gone out of business? And it's not like a collectible eBay item, like a Pez dispenser or something. It's a pack of gum. And, um, and so I tracked down a candy collector. And I forget where he was. He was like in Nevada or someplace out there. And, and he tracked him, I tracked him down and he said, I do have one pack of Beeman's gum in my warehouse. Like it was in Montana. It was in a whole nother state. He said, I, I'll have to get my brother or some other person to go check and see if I have it anyway he had it. I said, I don't care. Just, I want it. So I put it in a, in a, in a shadow box, a really box. And I wrote, uh, I had a calligrapher write from small beginnings. Like I, I dot, dot, dot. And I really beautiful calligraphy and, and then glued the, the, the pack of gum which I'm sure was inedible, right? 10-year-old gum, right? And, and then put it in a beautiful little box. But then I had to get it to Omaha, right? I'm in New York. And I knew if I had sent it, you know, via, I don't know, Federal Express or something, even if you wrapped it, I was afraid the shaking would just, the, the gum would fall off and I would never know. Anyway, so what's your question? So I, I say that so your people listening can, like the extent to which I go when I'm, I'm trying to create a present. So that's my point. So you went that far to create a present. You, you obviously bring fun and delight into your, uh, I wrote down world champion gift giving. And then, but somebody gave you a present that day um, because you had the realization of how am I going to get this there? Even FedEx likely won't work. Right. So, 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 so funny you should say that. Um, so, so I said, oh, damn, I had just gotten it. The, 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 per, the, the place in Tribeca where I, I had framed it. So now I've created this whole little beautiful little present, but I got a, I got a race to get it to, to, to Omaha. And again, if I had overnighted it via FedEx, there's too much risk, right? I didn't think it would break because you could put bubble wrap and everything. But I thought if you turn it upside down, maybe the, the, the glue won't, it'll, it's too fragile. And I said, well, how am I going to get this to Omaha? And uh, the person who worked behind the counter said, oh, I'll take it there for you if you want. Just like that. I didn't know her. I didn't, uh, I didn't, by the way, Omaha, it's not like, if she had said I would take that uptown for you, 
That would have been very generous. Omaha means she's got to go on a plane from, and by the way, hold the sucker, right? Because yeah. you can't, like, it's not like you put it in your luggage and just, no, you're delivering like a, I think like a souffle, like you like a, a birthday cake. You've got to hold it like and hold it very carefully so it doesn't vibrate. And uh, so, so, by the way, I didn't tell her who it was for. It wasn't like I said, oh, I got to get this to Warren Buffett in Omaha. I just said, oh, man, I got to get this to Omaha. And she just looked at me and said, I can take it for you. She didn't live there. She wasn't going there tomorrow. And, and, and I, I, to this day, I don't know why she said that. She was just caught up in my magic. And, and she could see how, like, I guess the magic of my wanting to deliver this, how special this was. To give you another idea, by the way, I know you, we're on Zoom here. I don't know if you're going to video this because I'm going to show you that this book, um, Warren and Charlie's Bedtime Story. This was his Christmas present this year. This is a book I wrote. So if you think delivering Beeman's gum is a big deal, I wrote a book for him, and, and, um, which is a celebration of everything that he and Charlie Munger ever said. In a, in a, in a, in a, I say in a children's story, think like Ferris Bueller's Day Off. It's really fun. And I can't wait for people to read this. And um, Mine's on order. I can't wait to get it. Yeah, it's so, really, think Ferris Bueller's Day Off. But Ferris is 12 years old and he's a genius. And his shenanigans, he's trying to do good in the world. Not like just have a fun time. His shenanigans were actually up to, and, um, and so I have a 12-year-old boy derived derive, mind you, um, everything Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger ever said in, in, the, in the course of a, a story full of shenanigans. And um, so, so, sorry, I said all that. What's your question? My, you know, uh, I might be a little caught up in my question. How, do, do, I'm assuming it got there. Yeah, got there. Do you love it? Yes. I think the, the essence of my question was, you were so into providing, leaning into that moment and giving fun and delight to, to the gift receiver that somebody else got caught up in your story and then in turn did something for you. I'm so thankful to have had the chance to sit down and talk with him um, for about four hours. So that's why we broke this out into many different episodes. Did you enjoy today's podcast? Join the Kevin and Fred community, part of EXP Realty, and partner with us today. You'll get free access to live trainings two or more times a month, live events and in-person masterminds, digital downloads to help you run and scale your business, and much, much more. To learn more and join our community, visit kevinandfred.com slash contact and contact us today. Not ready to join our community? No problem. Continue enjoying all this great content on our podcast for free.